Landlord Law Podcast with solicitor Tessa Shefferson. Hello and welcome to the Landlord Law Podcast. I'm Tessa Shepperson and this podcast is the companion to the Landlord Law Weekly Bulletin, which will go out, or by the time you listen to this, will have gone out on Tuesday, the 12th of December, 2023. Now, the first thing I say in the bulletin by way of introduction is just talk a bit about the um, training that I've been doing about email deliverability, because apparently there's this, this big change coming and they're going to be all the different organisations that deal with email and they're, they're going to be a lot stricter about allowing emails to come through because emails, they, they don't go to your inbox automatically. They have to go through all these checkpoints and the checkpoints are going to be a lot stricter. So the way this affects you is sort of going on into next year, if you want to carry on receiving the bulletin or indeed any of our, our mailings, and of course you don't have to get them if you don't want to, you can click the unsubscribe at the bottom or you can click to unsubscribe from the individual um, types of mailings that we send out. But if you want to carry on receiving them, then I would be really grateful if you could click at least one link every week and that'll make sure that you will stay um, on the list and they, they won't sort of turf you off and um, say that I can't email to you anymore. <laughs> so um, thank you for that. And then if you're a Landlord Law member, don't forget that we've got a training episode on Thursday at 10.30, which is going to be on eviction. And that's the last training session of the year. So I hope you come along to that. And that's it for the introductory things. So the next thing is news. So what have we got in the Landlord Law blog news round post for this week? First of all, we've got a Court of Appeal ruling about mediation, which indicates that if one party wants to go to mediation, the court may insist on this happening. Now, this is very much in the court's interest for people to go to mediation because the courts are so overworked that uh, they really need cases to be siphoned off into mediation. So... I can certainly understand why they came to this decision. If the renters' reform bill goes ahead, then landlords will need to join a property redress scheme. And so they will probably have to use that scheme first before going to court. Although I'm not sure that would be entirely appropriate for some possession claims, but we'll have to see. For cases where there is a dispute, I should say here that mediation can be absolutely brilliant. People often have a negative view of mediation, but it can be really, really good. And the mediator can sometimes come up with quite imaginative and appropriate solutions to issues, which you just can't get if you go to court. So often it's well worth going to mediation. It's, it's not a negative thing. And then the next item is about bidding wars and above average rents. And Labour have said that they're going to outlaw bidding wars, although other people have said they're not quite sure how they're going to do this and they're not convinced that it's possible. And then although many councils don't really do very much for the private rented sector, mainly because they're underfunded and haven't got the staff, there is a new task force initiative being launched in Liverpool. So if you're a rogue landlord in Liverpool, I suppose you better watch out. But it's certainly good news for the rest of us. 
And we've got an item about HMO landlords and a proposal to have a scheme to allow waste that's been put in the wrong recycling sack to be tracked back to particular tenant who put it in the wrong sack. So that may be coming down the line. And then there was an interesting case reported on the Nearly Legal website, which was about varying a possession order, where someone had got a possession order, which was under a discretionary ground, and they wanted to vary it to make it apply under a mandatory ground. And apparently, as Honour Judge Juba said, that that could be done. So I don't know how often that will be something that people will want, but if you want it, apparently it is possible. So that's all on news for the moment. Next, posts and content of the week. The first of the featured posts on the bulletin is a blog clinic post where I answer a question. And this was actually from a tenant who was living in a property managed by a letting agent and he wanted to get in touch with the landlord to report a problem that he had with the letting agent and the letting agent wasn't helping. And he said, is there any law which says that he can ask the property manager uh, for the landlord's details? And of course, there is a law which provides for this. It's Section 1 of the Landlord and Tenant Act 1985, which provides that if a tenant makes a written request to the letting agent or the person who collects the rent asking for the name and address of the landlord in writing, then it's a criminal offence if this information isn't provided within 21 days. Although I have to say I haven't heard of any prosecutions being brought, but there is a law. The next post is a post on the Landlord Law News blog, which is on the Landlord Law site itself. And I just say that I've been doing some updating work on our right to rent article. I've also had a look at a couple of the frequently asked questions as well, because it's really important that you get these checks done because the government are going to bring in huge fines at the start of 2024. So you need to make sure that you're fully compliant so that the fines do not apply to you. And this is actually the subject of the content of the week, one of the frequently asked questions, which talks about when you ought to do the checks, which is basically within 28 days of the start of the tenancy. Although if you check them earlier and they are clearly a British subject because they've got a passport, then it's okay if you don't check them again shortly before the tenancy starts. But just going back to checks generally... It's really important that you do these because if you do them properly, then if the Home Office find that there is someone living in your property who does not have a right to rent, they will look to fine you or prosecute you. I mean, technically, you can even go to prison for this. But if you can prove that you've done the proper checks in accordance with the regulations, you will have what's called a statutory excuse and they won't be able to fine you. So it's really important that you have this. And indeed, I always say that a landlord's duty under the right to rent regulations isn't really to spot people who are living here illegally. A landlord's duty is to comply with the regulations so you have a statutory excuse so you won't be fined. That should be your main focus to be able to prove that you've complied with the regulations because these fines next year, I mean, they are 
they are totally unreasonable, I think, and you, you just don't want them to happen to you. And then the final post listed on the bulletin is one from our archive, and that's talking about the Landlord Law Legal Basics courses. And these are little courses that I've done. There's seven of them. And Landlord Law is a legal site. It's, for, it's information for landlords, but it's mostly legal information. So I thought it would be really helpful if we had some short courses on legal topics themselves, which are relevant to the private rented sector. So we've got one on the difference between criminal and civil law. We've got one on contract law because the tenancy is a contract. We've got one on land law. Um, we've got one on um, trusts. And uh, we've got one on agency law, which, of course, is really important. Uh, and in fact, the agency law one is really quite detailed. And it, it is a course that I did sell at one stage, but it's available free of charge for landlord law members. So if you are an agent and you, you don't really know about agency law, it might be an idea to have a look at it. So let's move on to the week in the forum. So this week in the forum, the first forum post I've got there is an inquiry we had about increasing rents. And the member wanted to know if there was a prescribed limit as to how much you can increase rent. Well, there isn't really that sort of that type of regulation. It, it sort of works in a different way. And to a certain extent, depends on how you increase the rent. So if you increase the rent by the statutory notice procedure under Section 13 of the Housing Act 1988, then the tenant can challenge the rent uh, and refer it to the first tier tribunal for review. And the first tier tribunal will adjust the rent to what they think the market rent is. So it's a bit of a risk for the tenant to do this because the rent could go up as well as go down. And then the other main ways of increasing rent is if, you, if you're increasing it under a clause in the tenancy agreement, you have to do what the clause says. But then the clause has to be a valid clause. And some clauses are unfair because they give the landlord an unfettered right to increase the rent to what they, what they want. And I think there's quite a few rent increase clauses like this where they just say that the landlord has to say what the new rent is. That's an unfair term. And if the tenant were to challenge that, then it would be found invalid. So presumably all the rent increases under that, that uh, clause would be invalid rent increases and wouldn't apply. But normally rent is increased by the tenant signing a new tenancy agreement for a new fixed term. And there aren't any rules as to how much you can increase it by. You can increase it by what you want and, I suppose, what the tenant's um, prepared to sign for. If the Renters' Reform Bill comes into effect, then the, there will only be one method of increasing rent and that will be by the statutory notice procedure. But that's not the case at the moment. And then the next post is about electrical safety. And this is a landlord who's got a tenant due to move in shortly, but the electrical safety report has come back saying the property needs a full rewire, which is not really what the landlord wants just before Christmas. And he's asking if he can move the tenant in. Well, I don't think there's any reason why he shouldn't, 
But you need to bear in mind that the tenant may be able to claim compensation because of the stress and inconvenience of living in a property where there is this electrical work going on. And also, if you don't get the works finished in time, it may be that the council will be able to impose a penalty or fine you, which, of course, they can't do if you're doing the works before the tenant moves in. So if the work can be done before the tenant moves in, then that's obviously best. But I don't think there's any absolute prohibition in allowing them to to live in the property while the rewire works are being done. And then the final forum item is one of our members linking to a post in the Nearly Legal blog, which is about Section 21 and gas safety and about the correct documentation to serve if you install a new boiler. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of this, but... If you are installing a new boiler, this is something you need to watch out for. And I would strongly advise you to go and have a look at the blog post on the Nearly Legal blog, which went online on the 5th of December 2023 and is called Section 21 and Gas Safety Post-Start of Tenancy Installations. And I'll try and get something up on Landlord Law at some stage But in the meantime, you've got this item on the forum and the link to uh, the Nearly Legal site. Okay, so the next part is the video of the week and the tip of the week. The Landlord Law video of the week this week is an interview I did with a solicitor that I've known for many, many years called Gary Leverett. And he is a solicitor at Cousins Hardy Solicitors in Norwich, which is actually the firm where I did my training a long time ago. Gary wasn't working there then, but I did know him because we used to meet up at court. And when you do court work, you you tend to sit around for hours in the court waiting for your case to come on. So we used to sit there chatting. But Gary is now a senior solicitor at Cousins Hardy, and he's also one of the solicitors on our panel for our telephone advice service. And uh, I suggest you go and watch this. It's just me chatting to Gary about his work and generally about working for landlords and landlord and tenant problems at the moment. So um, that's there for you. And then the tip of the week is really what I've said before, which is that you really need to check that you've complied with the right to rent regulations because we've got these awfully large penalties coming next year. So make sure that you've done right to rent checks for all of your tenants and all permitted occupiers and that you've got a record of this so that uh, if the Home Office do come down on you, you'll have a statutory excuse to protect you. So that's the end of this week's podcast. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm starting to feel a bit demob happy with uh, Christmas coming on. I'm quite looking forward to having a bit of a break. But uh, we will be doing another bulletin next week, but that will be the last one before Christmas. So I'll speak to you then. That was the Landlord Law Podcast with solicitor Tessa Shepherdson. Sign up for the Landlord Law Weekly Bulletin at landlordlaw.co.uk slash bulletin.